read you how to run one of these guys. They're incredible. Amen. Or if you want to come, you know, help us. Oh, yeah, that's down. even better. I like that. We'll take that, too. All right, let's just start with prayer. Thank you, Lord, so much for all that you've done. Thank you for bringing us all together today, Lord. Uh, just release whatever you have planned for us today, Lord. You're just so amazing. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, today I want to talk about how to become a Christian. Because, you know, that's really important. Um, first off, what is eternal life? Because, you know, you hear that a lot when people are like, oh, I'm a Christian, so I can have eternal life. Well, eternal life is not only a quantity of life or a span of timelessness in which to live, but also is a quality of life that includes abundance. It's the God kind of life that Jesus lived. Because you know, everyone's like, oh, I want eternal life just so when I pass away here, I'm in heaven. It's all over. Yes. Well, it's, it starts as soon as you um, become born again. That abundant life starts then. Well, how do we get there? So, we all know that Jesus died for our sins which is the most important part. Because without Jesus, you can't be a Christian. He's just so amazing. Oh, um, I got ahead of myself, got excited. just so wonderful. Alright. How do you become a Christian? Well, the most important part is that you have to not only believe in your heart that Jesus died for your sins, but also you have to confess it by mouth around other people. That way when the devil comes and he's like, you're not a Christian, you didn't, you didn't actually believe that, that's not true. You actually have a time and place you can go back to in your mind and be like, but I, I said this. I know this. I proclaimed that Jesus died for my sins, that God is Lord. And uh, that's just without that, how do you even know that he's the one? Um, luckily, the Bible is filled with different passages about that he is the one. Um, the first stuff we're going to go through is when he proclaimed that he was the one. Because, you know, everyone's like, you say you're, you're the son of the Lord. You say you're this guy. How can we believe you? You're just some liar. You, are you Elijah? Yep, no. But, uh, first scripture I want to go to today is 1 John 5, 1 through, or 11 through 13. And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. John 4, 25-26. This is when Jesus was talking to the woman at the well. The woman said, 
I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. And the first time she's like, I am who I say I am. And this is when he was talking, pretty sure the Pharisees. And he said, I have already told you, you don't believe me. The proof is the work I do in my Father's name. But you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. Right there, he declared that he's not only the Son, but he is also one with God. In John 1, 1, uh, John goes to say, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, if you skip ahead to verse 14, he then goes to say that the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Which... <laughs> tells us that the Word is God, and Jesus is the Word, and when he came to the, to the earth to take care of all of our sins, he was doing it as God. So, I had to giggle to myself earlier when uh, Miss Lampier brought scripture up because it's, it's actually one of the ones that uh, is important for other people saying that he is the Messiah, he is the one. Because Doubting Thomas, we all know that story. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here, and look at my hands. Put your hands into the wound in my side. Do not be faithless any longer. Believe. Which Thomas exclaimed, my Lord and my God. Can you imagine being in that situation where you're with the disciples and they're like, you guys didn't see that. That didn't actually happen. And the only way that I'll believe he shows up and I get to, you know, test it. And then a few days later, he shows up. You don't even need to go put your hands in or anything. You're just in awe that he's here. Especially since you locked the door. There's no way anyone can get in here. And here he is. He, <laughs> oh. John 10, 18. This is talking about the purpose of Jesus. Why he came. And also the awareness of the thief's purpose. Is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them 
a rich and satisfying life. <sighs> like, come on, it's not hard to choose which one is the one you want, because the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. <laughs> come on, he gives a rich and satisfying life so that not only you're rich and satisfied, but then you can take that and spread it to others and bring more in. The Lord really needs more laborers in his field so that we can bring in the harvest, because the harvest is ready. Oh, thank you, Father. I think I missed verse title, but uh, this is one of my favorite verse sets, because he's, he's talking about how he's the shepherd. There's only one. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him, and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep, which is really sad because the sheep are really what we're there for. I am a good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and they know me. Just as my father knows me, and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep, too, that are not in the sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me for I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. For this is what my Father has commanded. Just, <laughs> he, he goes in to explain several times that he's the good shepherd. You don't want a hired hand as a person that's taking care of the flock. Like, <laughs> He's just so amazing. And he says he has other sheep. There are a lot, there's a lot you hear out there about, uh, well, we're from this religion, so you can't be our, you can't be with us, you can't be a group. All, he has other sheep that are not in the sheepfold, but he wants to bring them all together. Because that's what he longs for, is to, just us to undevotedly give our love to him. He gave us self-will so that we could choose to love him. And that's all we have to do, is to choose. Um. So, when Jesus died, raised again. Now, he's the only person that was to raise from the dead. Lazarus was risen from the dead because Jesus rose him through the power of God. Well, Jesus didn't get raised by somebody else. The power of God in him raised him. He's the only one in the Bible that was raised from the dead. And that's why we believe that he's the one. And, uh, Jesus had to come die for us because 
back in the beginning when Adam and Eve sinned, they ruined the contract, which ruined the relationship with Jesus. Because of that, it stained the entire bloodline of Adam. So there was nothing, no one in the bloodline that could fix it. Throughout time, until we got to Jesus, they used lambs and sheep as sacrifices. It had to be spotless. Had to be without blemish. Couldn't be hurt. When the sheep was born, the one they liked, they wrapped it in swaddling clothes and set it aside as the sacrifice. Because Jesus was born as a miracle just through Mary, there was no sins of the Father because the Father has no sins. And because of that, it made him the spotless sacrifice. And he went through 28 years more of just being assaulted constantly and knowing that he was going to die at the end for all our sin. There were so many chances he had to just give it all up and be done. He had the desert where he spent 40 days fasting. I don't know if he fasted. 40 days is a long time. And I can only imagine being in the desert makes it a lot harder. <laughs> and at the end of it, the devil shows up. Not just once, not just twice, three times. And he's like, hey, buddy, if you just, you know, give up your power, say that I'm cooler, I'll give you everything you want. Every time, Jesus uses the word against him. <laughs> and... Each time the devil's like, you stop that. Don't use the word. The devil's like, stop. Well, eventually he gives up. And Jesus makes it through. And then we have the hill before he sacrificed. And all he wants is a couple of friends to stay awake with him and pray. And he goes and he's like, oh, my friends, what have you heard from the Lord? Clear all speak. I I just needed you for an hour. Why why did you sleep? Like Alright, let's try it again. Let's do let's alright. I'm excited. I gotta do this. Alright, back to the Lord. Comes back another hour later, and I'll sleep again. I know that if it was me, no way. All my friends are asleep. We're supposed to be doing this as a group. I'm about to go get beaten and sacrificed. And he straight up tells the Father, Lord, if there's any way, please take out that away from me. But not my will, Lord. Your will be done. And then he was at peace. And throughout the entire time, I can only imagine him leaning on the Lord going, God, I know this is all for your glory. Man, this is hard, but I love you so much, Dad. And then he gets up on the cross and tells them, forgive him, Father. They know not what they do. Can you imagine after being beaten and sacrificed on the cross and being like, it's okay. They didn't know what they were doing. Forgive them, Lord. Jesus is so amazing. Uh, well, 
that went a lot faster than I planned for. That. I pray all the time, whether it's doing 
tasks like doing the dishes or just walking around. He's my best friend. <laughs> he always listens. You just have to talk to him. And uh, after a few months of after I accepted Jesus, I saw actual change. Things were going smoother. I was actually able to talk to people a little bit better. Um, now as my life progressed, he's just done amazing things for me the entire way. I've talked to people and they're like, I can't believe this, this, and this has happened to you. And you've gotten this as an outcome. How? How did that happen? I've got Jesus. It, it doesn't matter what I do. Jesus always has my back. And uh, later got baptized for the first time, which is also super important. There's two kinds of baptism, actually. There's, there's the water baptism, where Pastor and I'll bring you over to the pool and we'll dunk you in and bring you back. Um, <laughs> we, oh, we did it in Israel. That was an amazing time. You could just feel the presence of the Lord on that river. Just, oh, he's so amazing. And the second baptism is by fire, by the Holy Spirit who Jesus left to us when he went up to heaven so that we could have someone, all kinds of things. He does all, actually a lot. Brings things to remembrance. He'll let you know if you're doing something you probably shouldn't be doing. And he, uh, he also, when you're baptized in fire, you get tongues, which is my favorite prayer language because doesn't matter what the devil tries. He can't hear it. He doesn't understand that. And because of that, he's just looking in the air like, oh, why do you have to use the super code? I just, I just want to know how I can block you today. Just come on. And the Lord's like, nope, scramble everything. Yeah. Oh, the Holy Spirit has just been so good. He's actually been really good spiritual stuff, because you know, if you get too excited or too ahead of yourself, you wrap up. You can let all those spirits are over. You just get you everything you need. Ah. Oh. 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 Oh.